Local talk is back in the valley. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thank you so much for being part of this experience. We're live and local here on the Mike Douglas Show, Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m., as I'm privileged to serve as your personal concierge for conversation. As we take a look at uh, the headlines, the stories, the social issues that directly affect you and me on a regular basis right here in the Central Valley of California. Again, so happy and, and so thrilled to look forward to this time that we can talk together uh, Monday through Friday. I've got my coffee here. I'm ready to go. Uh, Today is going to be an interesting mix. You know, life is neither all good, all bad. People are neither all good, all bad. Circumstances, neither all good nor all bad. And so they are often a mix. And that's what hits us on a regular basis. So today we'll be looking at at some uh, some tough issues, and then we're also, during the second half of the program today, going to look at some of the great stuff that pe- that's uh, happening in our area as we look at uh, people with, with big hearts and sacrificing their time and talents to serve the needs of others, and that'll be coming up during our second half today. Again, thank you so much for being with us here on the Mike Douglas Show today. On the more uh, sobering side of things. Today is the 26th anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing of the Murrah Federal Building, and I'll tell you why I'm bringing that up today. Killed uh, at least 168 people, injured more than 600 others, and uh, our Attorney uh, General Merrick Garland spoke at a remembrance ceremony at the Oklahoma City National Memorial. Here's what the Eternal Uh, what the Attorney General had to say. To commemorate the strength of the community that came together in the face of such great loss, and to celebrate the resilience that makes Oklahoma City a model for communities everywhere. If you haven't been to that memorial, if you're ever in Oklahoma near Oklahoma City, uh, I encourage you to go. It is an absolutely wonderful memorial and it's a celebration of what's good in terms of how we remember tragedies. I know that seems like it's uh, an oxymoron, but it's not. It's, it's about remembering well with lessons learned aimed towards how we deal with issues in the future. Just to review, after 9 a.m. Central Time some 26 years ago, a rental truck that was filled with explosives, was detonated outside the Alfred P. P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City. That strong blast destroyed or damaged hundreds of buildings within about a 16-block radius, and it destroyed or burned several cars. In the end, former U.S. Army soldiers Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols were convicted of the attack. Both were associated with what was known as an extreme right-wing and militant patriot movement. McVeigh said uh, he targeted the building in Oklahoma City to avenge the raid on the compound of the Branch Davidian religious sect in Waco, Texas. That had happened two years earlier in April. 
And until the uh, September 11, 2001 attacks in New York City at the World Trade Center, the Oklahoma City bombing was the deadliest terror attack in U.S. history, and it remains the deadliest incident of domestic terrorism in our, in our country. Now, why am I bringing it up? I had a personal involvement in the response to the Oklahoma City bombing. I served uh, at the time. I was an assistant chief with the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services, Fire and Rescue Division, USAR Division. That's uh, Urban Search and Rescue. My job was to stay in Sacramento in the Emergency Operations Center and coordinating with my partner, who was boots on the ground at the Murrah Federal Building. I was coordinating all the resources they needed to rescue people uh, and to, um, to save lives as well as the unfortunate job and the very difficult job of recovering dead bodies as well. So we were part not only of the California Urban Search and Rescue Response System, which we, uh, which we helped found and maintain, but we were also part of the FEMA Urban Search and Rescue Response System as well, and we were recording uh, or coordinating with them as well. And, and there was multi-agency involvement. This is one of those situations where uh, especially federal agencies and local agencies and state agencies that weren't used to working together had to learn how to collaborate. And there was friction, and I won't get into details because that's not important. The, the, the important is the outcome. There was a lot of friction as different agencies as, at different levels learned how to work with each other and uh, learned how to not put their name first. And many, believe me, were, were fighting for that, uh, to be first on the news, to, to have uh, control over what was happening. And ultimately, I think one of the great lessons learned from the Oklahoma City bombing was how we can all work together. And believe me, it was not an easy lesson learned, but it was something that came out of that, that we as a country, we as an emergency response system, are much better for at this point. One of the tough parts of this, too, was, and, and believe me, think of it. Think of you being one of those rescuers. A lot of them were on duty for 12 hours often, and they were hanging. We, we had a, a system of uh, USAR techniques that we used, so they were hanging from uh, ropes and such uh, over areas where people alive or dead were buried under the concrete, and they would spend maybe 10 of the 12 hours digging people out. And believe me, we are programmed in the emergency response system to save lives. And it took a great emotional and psychological toll on a lot of those rescuers because as they would spend maybe 10, 12 hours digging what they thought or could be a live person out, they'd find that person was dead. Or they would spend that whole shift, 12 hours perhaps, digging a body part out of, uh, out of the rubble. And believe me, that takes a huge toll on you. And so one of, the, one of the things we learned as well, a good lesson learned from the future, is as people were coming home, these rescuers, we learned to provide them with 
post-traumatic stress debriefings and involve their families as well because what happened was a lot of those guys and gals having having seen that kind of violence having spent hours and hours and hours looking at dead bodies or looking at partially maimed bodies or digging out body parts when they got home the families didn't understand their their emotional status and there were a lot of divorces, a lot of families were breaking apart. And so one of the things that we learned out of that was a valuable lesson of making sure that these rescuers, as they come home, receive the critical stress debriefings that they need in order to live life beyond the incident. So Oklahoma City bombing is significant in our history, not only in terms of the devastation and the remembrance so that we pray it will never happen again, but also the lessons learned about various agencies working together to collaborate and not worrying about who gets the credit, which is really unusual, (laughs) and then, but as well, how to treat those rescuers and their families as they're coming home and giving them the opportunity uh, to learn how to deal with the trauma they just went through and be successful in the rest of our lives. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention today, 26 years ago, the Oklahoma City bombing. We're going to be talking about the uh, Derek Chauvin trial in about three or four minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 First Traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Tied up in Lodi still, southbound 99, Turner Road all the way to Cherokee. With eastbound 205 uh, delayed as well from Grantline Road all the way to MacArthur Drive. By the time you make the northbound 5 connection, it is slow, leaving 205 out past 120. For the latest on the Valley reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. Here by the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Hey there, it's Buck Sexton, host of the Buck Sexton podcast, found on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts. Please tune in every day as I cover the latest on politics, national security, and culture from a former CIA officer's perspective. The Buck Sexton Podcast. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. We're talking to Modesto residents about simple solutions for saving energy, even in the heat of summer. Uh, Excuse me, folks. We'd like to talk to you about some easy fixes that you can do around the house to save energy. Well, I think you might be wasting your time. My husband's not much of a fix-it guy. Hey, I'm standing right here. Yes, well, Modesto Irrigation District has some easy fixes. Did you know that simply changing your air conditioning filter monthly and making sure the intake vents aren't blocked can save you energy? He could do that. Yes, I can. Then you can save on your energy costs. It's that easy. And if you lose that old air conditioner, if it's 15 years or older, and install an Energy Star approved air conditioner, it will definitely use less energy. Really? Yes. And I heard that our air conditioning can account for up to half of our summer energy bill. Is that right? That's right. And be sure to visit MID.org, where there are Tons of great energy-saving tips and rebates. I can do that. MID, empowering you to save. If there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food, what would you do? You'll wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis. And that's why we're here. We're MyPatriotSupply.com, America's leading source of emergency food. 
Our food lasts for up to 25 years, and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival. Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $200 on our popular three-month emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast, two to three days max. And your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $200 MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Hey there, it's Buck Sexton, host of the Buck Sexton Podcast, found on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts. Please tune in every day as I cover the latest on politics, national security, and culture from a former CIA officer's perspective. The Buck Sexton Podcast. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. The Trevor Carey Show. Amen. Follows Mike Douglas every weekday at 4. Well said. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And again, thank you so much for joining us this Monday afternoon here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I'm going to turn our uh, our eyes now to the uh, Derek Chauvin trial. After, uh, what, 45 witnesses, 14 days of testimony, the Hennepin County District Court is the site now of the case going to the jury as the prosecution and the defense uh, end their particular um, arguments. The charges, well, three counts to consider. Chauvin is, uh, Chauvin rather, is charged with second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in the case of George Floyd. Now, the case comes down to two questions, whether Chauvin caused Floyd's death and whether his actions were reasonable. And each of those charges require different elements of, of, of proof. Let me touch, very, I'm going to touch very briefly on uh, statements from the defense and the prosecution here in just a moment. But I have a question, uh, two questions for you. One, and let, let, let's look beyond Derek Chauvin. Let's look at the whole case during uh, involving Dante Wright and and such uh, similar circumstances. And, and not whether you think again look beyond Chauvin. Think about just the dynamics of our the anti police culture right now. Do you think police officers can really get a fair trial in today's anti police culture? with the threats of violence, with members of uh, Congress saying that we don't need police or we need to defund them, do you actually think, and and again, look beyond Derek Chauvin, think about in general, can can an accused police officer really get a fair trial? And would you become a cop today? I did 40-some-odd years ago. I don't know. If I would do it today, given the culture we're in. Our telephone number, 209-551-3483. Do you think cops can get fair trials today, whether you think they're innocent or or guilty? And would you become a cop today? If you had it to do all over again, you had the opportunity in your 20s or maybe early 30s, would would you become a cop today in today's environment? Again, our number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Well, uh, the defense attorney for Eric Chauvin uh, said he did exactly 
what he was trained to do in arguments today. Here's what the defense attorney said. Do you do something purposefully that you know is an unlawful use of force when you have four body-worn cameras immediately in the area? Now, it's an interesting point. Uh, He said that uh, Derek Chauvin was following the Minneapolis Police Department's policy manual when he put George Floyd flat down on the pavement and put his knee on his neck. Now, we all saw those videos, and as an ex-cop, you know, I I really question that uh, that was following the manual, but I don't work or never have worked for Minneapolis. Uh, his defense attorney also brought up uh, George Floyd's drug use, his alleged heart problems, and the carbon monoxide he was exposed to from the uh, police car's tailpipe. Now, on the prosecution side of things, Prosecutor Jerry Blackwell told the jury... Chauvin case shouldn't be hard to decide. Ultimately, it really isn't that complicated. Uh, and, and what it is you have to decide with respect to the excessive use of force. Prosecutor Blackwell also said no doubt what Derek Chauvin did was wrong. You can believe your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it was what you thought it was. It was what you saw. Uh, it was homicide. So the prosecution saying uh, you saw it, it was what it was, and that is homicide. And I don't want to be a Monday morning quarterback here. I I think in many ways that's damaging to the process. Uh, But let me just give you a just a personal note. And again, you're welcome to call in with your opinion too. Area code two zero nine. 551-3483-209-551-3483. Now remember, I was in law enforcement some 35, 40 years ago. So things have changed a little bit. But I was trained at the L.A. County Sheriff's Academy uh, in the Reserve Academy originally there. And and I received training from the best of the best. Excellent, excellent law enforcement academy. And I was trained in the various holds that, that you can legally use, at least at, at, at that time. I never was trained with that particular one. Now, maybe they do that now. But uh, what, what, first of all, why do we use holds? What, what's the purpose of a hold on a subject or a suspect? Well, it's to bring them under your control so that you can control the environment. And if they are going to be arrested, it's to bring them under control so that you can put the handcuffs on and take them into custody. Now, what are the, why do you progress into holds that are painful? Because pain results in compliance. And you start with the least, there's a principle called the spiral of aggression. If you think about it as a, uh, a pyramid kind of uh, starting at the bottom and it's kind of wide and it goes to the top and, and it, it's, it's pointy at the top, kind of like a pyramid. Think of it from 1 to 10, 10 being the base and 1 being the top. 1 at the top in the spiral of aggression is where people get radically hurt or killed. And so what 
at least as I was trained as a law enforcement officer, you want to start at the lowest threshold of conflict possible. So you want to hit that bottom level there, uh, the, the 10 level, okay? And, and, and you want to stay maybe 10 to 5, all right, so that, so that people don't get hurt, so that you don't get hurt, the suspect doesn't get hurt. And so, but as you, as the suspect resists, and we can talk about that on another show. I think it's going to take a whole nother show to talk about um, shared contributions to a lot of the tragedies that we've seen. One of the problems is that we think it's only a one way or another issue, and it's not. We need to think about shared contributions to results. But anyway, going back up to the top of that particular pyramid, you want to use successive uses of force in order so that the pain becomes a little bit more as you go on so the suspect begins to comply. Now, when I went through, that involved uh, certain acts of pinning uh, arms behind them, of, of uh, pinning the wrist, of uh, hand control of the hands, the arms. Uh, I was never taught to put my knee on someone's neck. But again, maybe the training is different in Minneapolis. That will probably come out in the trial. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. And I believe, listen, if, if uh, as one who wore a badge and a gun once, there are bad cops, just like any other industry, and they need to be weeded out. And if there are criminal issues, then they need to face them because choices have consequences. But the environment that we've create, uh, created today is, well, we want justice. Okay, what is justice? Well, justice is, this guy's got to be convicted and get the death penalty. Well, that's not justice. <laughs> we, we have the rule of law. Justice means it goes either uh, to the court or it goes to a jury trial, and we do what we're doing here. But we can't say, I'm going to burn down your city if I don't get the result we're going to get. That is not justice. That, is, that corrupts justice. And, and, and when people like Sheila Tlaib, Congresswoman, tweet on April 12, it wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I'm done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Please, you're a Congresswoman. Why don't you stand for the rule of law? I've taken my fifth cup of coffee here. Maybe I should lay off the coffee for a little bit. We're going to continue the Mike Douglas show in a couple of minutes, and we're going to look at some of the great things that are happening in our community with Advancing Vibrant Communities and Bill Parkhurst. We'll be back on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 K. 
KFIV. Mom, what's an April shower? Well, honey, in Modesto, April showers means you can only water your garden three days a week. Three days of showers? That's right. Starting April 1st, the city of Modesto is moving to a three-day watering schedule. Odd-number houses can water Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, and even-number houses can water Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. What about Monday? There's no watering on Monday. Let's visit ModestoGov.com slash SaveWater for tips or call 209-342-2246. Let's save water. Power Talk 1360. First traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Crash in Lodi, southbound 99 before Highway 12. Three cars and a big rig involved. They're blocking the right lane. You're backed up from Macampo. North 5 through Lathrop, slow from 205 all the way to Louise Avenue. Then again from Roth Road into French Camp. While eastbound 205 and Tracy, slow from Grantline Road to MacArthur Drive. For the latest on the Valerie opening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the Ben Ferguson Podcast. There are big news stories that big tech and liberal media hide from you every day. We tell you what those stories are on the Ben Ferguson Show podcast. Download the Ben Ferguson Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts right now. Hi, I'm host Robin Roberts, and on a new podcast from iHeartRadio, COVID-19, Immunity in Our Community, we'll hear from Americans on the front lines, and the doctors and medical experts who convince them and their loved ones to roll up their sleeves and get vaccinated. Listen to COVID-19 Immunity in Our Community on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. We can do this. Are you at the end of your rope? You know, chronic, achy joints, the daily dose of pain meds. Hey, it's Trevor Carey. There's a new modern-day solution to your pain. It's called regenerative cell treatment at Modesto Physical Medicine. I've really looked into this. It's an amazing, powerful process. It addresses the root cause of the pain in your knees, your shoulders, your hips, or back. And you know what you'll finally get? Relief. Come on, you owe it to yourself. Don't spend one more day in pain. Call Modesto Physical Medicine today. Get started on the road to recovery and a pain-free life. One of the biggest regrets for Modesto Physical Medicine patients is they didn't start the treatment sooner. Give them a call. They'll tell you a whole lot satisfied and let me tell you what the best news is no surgery no pain meds no downtime just blocks north of memorial hospital in modesto call 209-838-3434 838-3434 get rid of the pain by calling 838-3434 tell them trevor sent you if dogs have four legs, do they have to walk twice as much? Let Canines on the Move give them a new leash on life by exercising them when you can't. Call Canines on the Move at 209-226-1150 for a free consultation. Because a walk a day keeps the vet away. From the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer Weather Center. This report is sponsored by the Ben Ferguson Podcast. There are big news stories that big tech and liberal media hide from you every day. We tell you what those stories are on the Ben Ferguson Show podcast. Download the Ben Ferguson Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts right now. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to launch my very first podcast, The Truth, with Lisa Booth, with iHeartRadio and Gingrich 360. The Truth with Lisa Booth is a podcast that rejects groupthink, rejects fake news, and will never bow down to the political correctness poisoning this country from within. If you're ready to step outside of your comfort zone and join me on this wild ride, then buckle up. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, and it's easy to see why. Find The Truth with Lisa Booth on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
plenty of sunshine today. We will top out in the mid-80s. Cloudy overnight, temperatures dropping into the low 50s, and then more uh, partly cloudy skies tomorrow. Mid-70s expected with light wind. Local Talk is back in the Valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And again, thank you so much for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I wear a bunch of hats in the community, counting them up maybe 10 or 12, uh, and it's either a testament to the fact that I can't say no or uh, more probably uh, to the effect that I love involving myself in the community because I feel if we're going to have a healthy community, we need to sacrificially contribute to that community and be at the table of the community and be involved in the things the community is concerned about. And that's why we founded Advancing Vibrant Communities uh, 20 some odd years, well, about 19 years ago now. And uh, our, our mission is to connect people in need with the volunteers who can meet those needs. A pretty simple principle, but it takes, uh, takes quite, a bit of, uh, quite a bit of work. And one of the unsung heroes of all, that whole process is the construction team of Advancing Vibrant Communities. And uh, Bill Parkhurst is the chair. Uh, he is the foreman of that construction team, and uh, he's dropped by today. We're going to talk to Bill. Uh, Bill, tell us about some of the people that, that you have served and how they've been helped by the construction team of Advancing Vibrant Communities. Well, Mike, we obviously work with seniors, but we often have uh, most all age groups, uh, all different uh, people from different walks of life, different uh people with different uh, financial abilities and so forth. Uh, a couple of clients that we worked for over the years that, that showed why what we do is so important to everyone. Uh, I have two particular clients. I have a, uh, a little boy, about 10, and an adult male who is uh, about 55. Both of these clients uh, were uh, in wheelchairs permanently. The young, uh, the boy with some type of uh, birth uh, problem, but both of them uh, were people like you often see in wheelchairs that 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 deal with their just disability. But of course, they have limitations. So the little boy uh, was a lot of fun to watch. He could do uh, most anything with his wheelchair and get around. His major problem was uh, the home that he and his mom lived in had no uh, no ramp. He, he had no way to get outside of the house other than his mother to physically pick him up and put him out. So as a young person, of course, uh, this is this was a very big deal for him. Oh, so for for this person, we built a ramp, actually a pretty large ramp. So when when we finished with the ramp. And the first time the boy was able to come out, uh, even a person that uh, wasn't involved in the project could see the joy in the in the, in the little boy's eyes. He's he's now free. You know he now has he now has mobility to get him in and out of his house. So that was a large job. It took us probably three to four weeks to build this. 
the other the the gentleman uh his project was just the opposite it took us a little more myself and one other uh helper it took us a little more than an hour like the boy he could do most things with his wheelchair but he had difficulty transferring particularly from his bed to his chair and every morning he had to wait in his home until a helper came to transfer him from his bed to his chair and now he could start his daily routine so uh we came and installed a couple of simple devices that we refer to as transfer poles one by his bed and one by a chair in his living room and this allowed him to by himself transfer from his bed to his chair so it's uh it seemed like a pretty straightforward thing to us and here again the uh the big thing was just as with the boy only now we have a 55 year old man the uh the joy and the appreciation uh in his eyes on his face you know <clears throat> now he is able to start his day or before he's trapped until his the uh, his helper is able to come which could have been at uh, eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning and that didn't always know so those are both kind of small uh things but uh as a volunteer this is this is kind of your payment when you uh when you could see the impact that uh these these jobs large or small can have on uh, on 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 your client and Bill, I'm sensing uh, it is not just a, a great impact for the 10-year-old boy himself or for the 55-year-old 55-year-old man. Uh, it's the people who care for them that are benefiting from this as well, right? I mean, the the mom oh. no longer needs to physically carry the boy, you know, down the steps, and and uh, having a transfer pole, you know, that that type of equipment. Uh, but the other thing, Bill, I think that that you're doing as well is you're preventing future accidents. You're preventing future falls, and especially for those who are on the older, uh, more mature end of the age group, that's, uh, that is a, a, an amazing blessing because you're, you're really preventing them from a possible fatal injury later on. So these, uh, these things that you do not only deal with the present, Bill, but sounds like it also uh, deals with the future as well in terms of creating an environment that's a lot more safe for these people. Oh, yes, uh, ab- absolutely. The, uh, the majority, actually, of the work that that our construction crew does uh, all falls into uh, what we just call the fall protection. We have a fall protection program, you know, and uh, 90% of it involves uh, uh, the things that we do the most uh, of for people are uh, wheelchair ramps. We do railings. We do grab bars. We do the transfer poles. We do uh, uh, another thing we refer to as low-rise stairs. Uh, these are all things, obviously, for, to prevent falls, which are so devastating for seniors in particular, for anyone, but particularly for seniors, because, you know, they uh, when a senior has a severe fall, uh, they're, they're going to the hospital. And and the the blunt fact is that many don't return home. Many die somewhere in a hospital, a convalescent hospital or whatever. But uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, particularly for seniors, uh, it's it's a huge thing. If you you know, we don't need to bore our audience with stats, but uh, it is a very large number uh, that that are affected. And so, our fall protection program—that's exactly what that is doing. And uh, we, uh, <clears throat> one of the things I mentioned uh, that, that this kind of surprised me several years ago. Uh, typically, we are at a senior's home that needs uh, has. Uh, access requirements and we're, well, we're going to build them a ramp probably uh another thing is our our clients you know they have uh, uh <clears throat> they're proud to be still living in their home and they want to stay as long as they can safely so uh if they're in a wheelchair obviously they would need a ramp but i was surprised years ago to learn that uh some of our ambulatory people they have difficulty walking, but they're still getting around. Maybe they're using a walker. That they're not comfortable on a always on a ramp because of balance problems walking on an incline. And uh, so, what we discovered as a solution for that is what we call low-rise stairs, which basically are just stairs where the tread very low tread height. People have a difficulty raising their foot, and an extra wide tread because they're often using a walker. So that's, uh, it's a, uh, it's something that we discovered what there was a need for, and it's something that uh, we often build, you know, for our clients in, uh, in place of a ramp. But uh, they're all, they're, all of these are fall protection items, whether they're outside or inside railings, uh, inside the home grab bars. Uh, the bathroom is, is obviously a, a place for many, many falls. And our, our senior or disabled people, you know, the things that we all take for granted, uh, using the bathroom, uh, getting into a tub or shower, these are difficulties for uh, uh, senior and disabled. And so they need, uh, they need appliances like grab bars or, or transfer poles. And, and, uh, that's, and that's a big part of our, our, our work. And just an important note, uh, Bill, and and that is when you're installing the ramps and and such, these are ADA compliant. And in fact, uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities uh, has the privilege of holding uh, permits with the state uh, to build ramps in mobile home parks, uh, both uh, metal ramps and wood ramps. People may not understand the intricacies, but you have permits to do all that. And so everything is above board and legal and, uh, you know, making sure that, that you have the safest uh, installation possible for these clients right oh yes yeah we some years back we were with the help of the local uh, architect we were able to <clears throat> develop a plan that the state approved kind of a generic general plan if you will for wooden ramps and uh you might remember i think it's a, a year a year and a half ago uh we we and our community were lucky that a local business uh, Pacific Mobile Structures donated a large number of these prefabricated metal ramps. And uh, we also have a uh, approved plan for those. Uh, so that, that when these projects are done, yes, they're done according to uh, state and local codes. And, uh, you know, the, the quality of the uh, work that we do is very important to us and, and obviously to the clients. But 
is there safety things that are being installed? And so obviously uh, they need to be installed correctly. And, and uh, we don't like to we don't like to beat our own drum, but but we install the the uh, the ramps and the stairs and these other items that we install are are done professionally. And uh, uh, when we're through, people have a have a uh, a safe uh, whatever. Uh, we have whether it's one of one of the stairs or the ramps, whatever it's done, it's done correctly. Absolutely, we're talking with Bill Parkhurst. He is the volunteer foreman for the construction team of Advancing Vibrant Communities. We'll be talking to Bill uh, about a few more details in just about three or four minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 First traffic from the Jackson Rancheria Resort Traffic Center. Lodi, a three-car crash, also involving a big rig southbound 99 before Highway 12. They're in the right lane, so you're backed up from McCampo. Eastbound 120 in Lathrop, slow from 5 out to McKinley. And North 5 in Lathrop, delayed from 205 all the way to Louise Avenue and then from Roth to French Camp. For the latest on the Valley Reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM. And you're listening KFIV. to the Mike Douglas this Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our guest right now is Bill Hey, Parkers. it's Clay Travis he from Outkick the... the Coverage. Be sure to listen to the Outkick the Coverage podcast for the most informed, Volunteer outspoken, and fearless commentary for the in all sports. Team Just for search for Outkick the Coverage in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go to get your uh, podcast. These volunteers do Hello, uh, to help folks uh, with things that you and I take for granted. Like the 10-year-old boy in a wheelchair, his mom no longer has to pick him up and carry him outside. Now he has a ramp uh, that can be used with his wheelchair. This 55-year-old man, uh, with the use of a a simple transfer pole, he can get in and out of bed himself or in and out of of a chair by himself now, rather than having to have others uh, assist him. So many ways that we can mitigate injuries this way and also make life uh, a lot more pleasant not only for the folks who are dealing with some of these uh, disabilities but also for their families as well bill let's talk a little bit about first of all (laughs) what's about the average age of your construction team right now valley caregivers only sees possibilities by providing support to unpaid family caregivers about the average age of your construction team soon you might miss out on these once in a lifetime rates so take advantage of our new fast track loan with an unbelievable low rate of two. Well, let's talk a little bit of it. First of all, APR, <laughs> with no closing what's costs about the average age of your That's construction right. no points, team right no now? No fees. Hi, I'm Wesley Hogan with Lennox Financial, a trusted lender for over 20 years. Even if you've refinanced in the last year, we can still probably save you money. Whether it's a conventional, FHA, or VA loan, we can do them all with no closing costs. This amazing 2.25 rate and APR won't last long, and our new fast-track loan process can get it done in record time. So call today, 844-425-3669. That's 844-425-3669. It's the biggest no-brainer in the history of mankind. Licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 3304. Non-all loans apply. Equalizing lender. Visit us at LennoxHomeLoans.com or call for additional cost information. Other restrictions apply. Rates subject to change. Hey, it's Clay Travis from Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to listen to the Outkick the Coverage podcast for the most informed, outspoken, and fearless commentary. 
Just search for Outkick the Coverage in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go to get your podcast. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we have the honor right now of talking to Advancing Vibrant Communities Construction Team Foreman. This is an all-volunteer team. Uh, They go out uh, once, twice, sometimes three times a week, and they're building ramps. They're installing safety bars, grab bars, safety railings, uh, low-rise steps to help prevent fatal falls for people in the community. Absolutely an incredible, an incredible way to serve the community. Uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities, you can find more out about uh, ABC, as we call it, Advancing Vibrant Communities at vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Or the telephone number is 209 209- Five four four nine five seven one. That's two zero nine five four four nine five seven one. We're talking with Bill Parkhurst. He's the foreman of the construction team and all volunteer team. And t- <laughs> Bill, t- tell us about the average age of uh, your volunteer on the construction team. Well, I think many people would be surprised to learn that the average age of our construction team is uh, about seventy six. 77 years old. <laughs> 76, uh, 77 years old. Yeah. You guys are absolutely amazing. Well, uh, you do need some new blood and, and some younger blood, uh, Bill. And so let's talk about how people can get connected. First of all, I think, you know, if, if I didn't know about this, if I was just listening about it, I might think, oh, I don't know. You know, I know how to use a hammer. I know how to use a screwdriver. But, you know, maybe I'm not at the skill level that's needed here. Uh, let's talk about the, the truth of how people can get involved and just the the basic skills they need to be able to be involved in this wonderful kind of uh, uh, project? Well, people actually don't need any any uh, specific special skills. You know, the, the, the average person, if, if you know what a hammer and a screwdriver is, why, you have enough skills right there. You know, uh, people that have construction, building skills, uh, that's great. Uh, that's helpful and it's very appreciated. But it's definitely not necessary. Uh, we can train the volunteers to do all the tasks that are required for these projects. And uh, to use a well-used phrase, this is not uh, uh, this is not building a, uh, a missile. Okay, this is not uh, something scientific. This is all very basic stuff. That being said, we can we can train uh, you if if you're a housewife, if if you're a uh, an office worker. Uh, it it doesn't matter. You know, well, what we need is is your uh, willing and and uh, uh, body, you know, on site, and, and we can train you to do all the things that are necessary. Uh, our, you know, ABC, our organization has all of the equipment, yeah. all the tools, all all the necessary materials, uh, and and the knowledge to to uh, to build these projects. Someone that hasn't done one before, uh, of course, to see a completed project may look my that looks very complicated. Like so many things in life, when you break it down to the basics, uh, it's not complicated. It just may involve several steps, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's not rocket science. We have a definite need, whether you're old, young, or in, in between, uh, you're, you're welcome. Uh, we definitely need uh, uh, new help. We have in the past, we will in the future. Uh, 
and we're hoping that uh you know some people out there in our audience will uh you know hear this and and give it a try i i have to say uh here's some of the advantages some of the things that you'd gain from volunteering with this as run the whole gamut here if you would if you would like just to gain some experience and different construction carpentry what uh, you will do that uh, if you're just looking for uh, a place to spend a few hours something different you know you will do that uh, we have we we get together our the camaraderie that happens uh, because of what we do is fantastic you know uh, and that the biggest thing that you would gain if you choose to volunteer uh, and I say this sincerely the biggest thing you will gain is the the knowledge that you are helping people in need, sometimes people in severe need. The look of joy in people's faces when you help them, they're just outright appreciation for what you do. It's a, it's a huge thing. It is a huge thing. Again, uh, our thanks to Bill Parkhurst. He serves as the construction foreman for the volunteer team, the volunteer construction team for Advancing Vibrant Communities. And uh, we've been doing what we do now. We're in our 19th year, believe it or not, of serving the community in that way. And again, if you'd like to learn more about AVC, uh, the initials, Advancing Vibrant Communities, you can check us out at vibrantcommunities.org vibrantcommunities.org or the office number is 209-544-9571 209-544-9571 and again this uh, this volunteering in in our mind we don't do it just once a year because if you just try to help people out once a year it tends to be more about you making you feel good about yourself rather than serving. So our volunteers are out 365 days a year. There are ABC volunteers out there pretty much every single day of the year. And uh, again, it's our privilege to serve the community. And, uh, and, and, and really, uh, if, if we don't at least sacrifice something of ourselves, it's... Uh, we're, we're probably serving ourselves, but people so much appreciate it, like that 10-year-old boy. Now he has the, uh, the structures at his home through volunteerism that allow him to be able to get uh, out of the house without his mom having to pick him up. Or that 55-year-old man now being able to get up by himself with a transfer pole rather than to have, to have someone help him get out of the chair. And believe me, friends, when I tell you, this saves lives. So if you're interested, we'd love to talk to you about volunteering through Advancing Vibrant Communities. Again, the website, vibrantcommunities.org, vibrantcommunities.org. And Bill and his team, they'll help train you. If you know what a hammer is, if you know what a screwdriver is, that's about all you need. They'll, they'll train you and help you with it. Program note, Trevor Carey Show coming up at 4 o'clock. Here, thank you so much for joining us today on the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas with you, and we will see you tomorrow at 3 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.